Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Hey! Put your hand over your heart. Let's make some declarations. And if you're new with us, just play along. (laughs) Say this with us. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020, come on, will be my best year ever. Say that. I declare that 2020 is double-double for me. Double blessing, double anointing, a double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 6511, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my path will drip with abundance. I declare that as I am taught the Word of God and apply. Okay, stop right there just a second. Let me tell you something about this Bible. You can know what it says. You can be taught what it says. But if you don't do it, it does not work. I said it does not work. So it's not enough to come to church, not enough to hear it, not enough to listen. You have to apply this. And I promise you, you will see miracles happen in your life. So let's say this again. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Amen. So glad you're here. Thank you for being here. You may be seated. Uh, It's an honor always to to have each one of you. And thank you for choosing to fly with us. Because we know you have a lot of choices on who you can elevate your thinking and elevate your life with. And we're just glad you choose to give us an opportunity to help you do that. And this is our second week home, y'all. Come on, it's our second week. And um, first week I wore a suit and the second week I dressed like I like. So don't judge me either way. You just be you and let people be them. And uh, I've been talking about kingdom mindset and why it's important for us to develop a a kingdom mindset. And I want to just say something. I had an interesting uh, conversation with myself this morning. Any of y'all talk to yourself already today? Whether you realize it or not, you're talking to yourself. And uh, so I'm laying in bed and all of a sudden I was thinking about the kingdom and how the kingdom of God works and asking God really to give me wisdom on how to help us all have a kingdom mindset. And, um, and the importance of a kingdom mindset, which we're going to talk. I'm going to do a quick review from last week. Heard more comments about last week's message than any message I've ever preached. And it really helped some people. And so we're going to do a quick review of that. I'm going to dive into that a little bit to you. But as I was thinking about the kingdom and how the kingdom of God works and what a kingdom mindset is and the basis for a kingdom mindset, and that the kingdom is the rule of God. The kingdom is how the, how, the, how the kingdom works. And that Jesus' primary goal was to bring his kingdom to the earth. And then even when Jesus' own disciples asked him, they said, 
Lord, teach us to pray because we want, and really what they were saying, and I mentioned it last week, but we want to be able to do what you do. Like if we need gold, we'd like to go to a fish's mouth and get gold. You know, if we'd like to be able to heal people. We'd like to have great things happen, miracles happen all around us. So teach us, like they weren't, they weren't really saying teach us to pray so we can talk to God. They were saying teach us to pray so we can do business like you do business. I mean, that's the reality. You know, teach us, teach us the magic. And so he said, okay, I'm going to teach you. Here's how you do it. You start with our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And then what's interesting, he says, now here's your lifetime assignment. Pray this way. Pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to, he said, I want you to learn that, that the most important prayer after you honor me as God with somebody else and with other people. So it makes coming to church so powerful because now it's not just about you. Now it's, you're in a room full of people that it's about our, and the Bible says, if any two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth, my father in heaven will do it. So there's power in agreement. There's power in numbers. And so, but, but the assignment, the lifetime assignment, the kingdom assignment is, it's my job to bring his kingdom into my thinking. It's my job to bring his kingdom into my heart. It's my job to love like him. It's my job to live for him, like him, to be a disciple of his, to be a follower of his. It's not my job just to be a Christian. A lot of people have met Christians and they say, that's why I'm not one. So God's not interested in a bunch of goody two-shoes. Some of y'all should have said real loud amen on that. Like, like God, God's, God's not interested in you being a good boy. Listen to me. I just want to be a good boy. Now, listen, God doesn't need any good boys. You know what he needs? It's some powerful men that understand that they're weak without God. That's, that's, that's what God needs. And some, and some women, and some women who know they have a womb for more than just having a baby. That God gave a capacity for women that men do not have. And the womb is a natural, um, it's a natural supernatural correlation that every woman in this room, listen to me, you have way more power than just to birth children. You have the power to birth any dream that's in your heart. You're powerful, you're powerful. And so it's a picture of how the kingdom of God works. But as I was thinking about all of this this morning and thinking about how the kingdom works and how I'm gonna strive to, with the best of myself and God helping me, to help you understand why you need to have a kingdom mindset, I begin to think about our country. I begin to think about how not only is this the greatest country, and I, I don't just wanna, I don't just wanna pontificate here for a minute. By the way, that's where pontiff comes from. That's where the Pope comes from, is there are pontificators. Uh, I don't wanna just pontificate. What, what I wanna do is I wanna say what's really the truth. If you think there's inequality in America, just go anywhere else. If you think there's injustice in America, you go anywhere else. If you think there's race problems here, just go anywhere else. In this nation, this is the greatest nation that there's ever been and we have a chance to fix whatever is broken. That's why America came into existence. Doesn't mean we don't have problems, but this is all of our best chance to fix whatever needs to be fixed. Not just complain about it, not just burn stuff down, not just try to tear stuff down, not try to create a new narrative, but to understand God bless America. And the reason God wants to bless America is because for the last 244 years, this is the only country that's ever been founded on biblical principles. And even though we seem to be far away from that, the reality is, is that God wants to use America. And I think about America, I think about our constitution. 
which is the greatest document that really besides the word of God that's ever been written in the history of the world. Now time will tell if it actually does work, but the reality is the Constitution of the United States, so I woke up thinking about all this. No wonder I can't sleep. And, uh, and I remembered, I went back, my mind, I went back to seventh grade. And I'm laying in bed, Sheila's still asleep, it's about 5.30. And I can remember where I was in the room at L. O'Donnell Elementary in Cockrell Hill, Texas. I can remember the desk I was in and all of a sudden this came to me. I memorized it in the seventh grade, have never to my knowledge said it since. What is, what is, what is the basis of America beyond, like how can we understand all of our laws are based on this constitution? And some people are trying to get us way far away from that. And here's what I said out loud this morning, but not loud enough to wake her up. We, the people of the United States, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, let's stop right there for just a second. We, the people, red, yellow, black, and white, the place where the whole world wants to come. Every, every person, every country around the world wants to come here, why? Because of the opportunities there are in America that there are nowhere else in the world. So our constitution, this preamble, is, is really a synopsis. It's a thesis, if you will, of what the entire con constitution encompasses that is, the, that is the substantiation, if you will, for, for our, our law, laws that are supposed to govern our land. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, to have unity, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, peace, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish the Constitution of the United States. And I laid there and I said, I can't believe I can remember that. That's pretty amazing. Wow, it was in me. And some of you don't even know what's in you, but when you come into rooms like this and you hear the word of God, it's on the inside of you. And if you'll just give enough thought process to it, when you need it, when you need to be reminded, when you need to be healed, when you have a problem, when you have something that's beyond you, when you're diagnosed with cancer, like a lady who sat on the last row of our last service that looked like she was gonna die, but we prayed for her, today she's cancer free. In other words, when you face things that are uncontrollable, we have a constitution, but it's more than a constitution we have the word of the living God that if I'll know the word the Bible says his word endures forever the Bible says that if I will plant his word in my heart that I will not sin against God I won't miss the mark in my marriage I won't miss the mark in my life I won't miss the mark financially I won't miss the mark in my career but I've got to get a kingdom mindset so if there ever was a preamble in the word of God it's found in Matthew, the third chapter. And it was the second words that Jesus ever spoke that were recorded in the Bible. You know what the first words were? He was a 12 year old boy. 
He's been separated from his parents for about three days. His mother is frantic. They can't find him anywhere. And they finally find him. You know where that little rascal was? That little 12-year-old was? He was in the temple teaching the rabbis. And he was answering their questions at 12. His mother walks up to him and goes, Jesus, you may need to talk. I need to talk to you, Jesus. I need to, I need to talk to Where have you been? First words that are recorded in the Bible that Jesus spoke. Mom, you of all people ought to know. I'm, I'm about my father's business. Do you know that the first time business is ever mentioned in scripture? It came out of a 12-year-old Jesus mouth. And some of you think you're going to run your business without God's help. You, you think, you think oh, I don't really need God. I don't need, to, I don't need to think like God because I got my own thing. I'm doing my own business. I'm doing okay, you know. Cranking down a couple of million a year. How many of y'all like to make a couple of million a year? Some of y'all are already doing it. Maybe if we do things more God's way, whatever's in your heart can come to pass. If you do marriage God's way, if you do business God's way, if you do your life God's way, if you do your money God's way, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to invite you to understand this. So those are the first words of Jesus. What were the second words of Jesus? He's 30 years old in the culture of that day. He was now qualified to be a teacher. So it's time for him to be baptized as a rabbi. I'm going down to the river, my Lord. I'm going to be buried alive. I'm going to pray to my father, God. The man I used to be has finally died. It's called a water grave. He goes and he's baptized. He goes under and his cousin, John the Baptist, brings him up out of the water. There's a voice from heaven that says, this is my son. I don't know how it sounded, but something like that. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is Matthew 3. Repent, for the kingdom of God is within your grasp. So let's look at what repent means, okay? Because if there's a preamble to a kingdom mindset, here's what it is. Guys, if I point to, this, to the screen, that means I'm about to quote that scripture. Like I'm not pointing to the screen. They did that last week. Let's, and it just goes away. But anyway, okay. Look at this. Repent. What does repent mean? You know what a lot of people think? Just go ahead and leave it up there for a minute if it works. I don't know if there might be some kind of technology that makes it disappear, but if we can magically make it just stay just there for a second. When you say, I'm sorry, that's a type of repentance, but that's not repentance. When you apologize, it's a type of repentance, but it's not repentance. When you have regrets, regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention, that's only Frank Sinatra, because that's not real. All of us have regrets, that's not repentance. So an apology, I'm sorry, regrets are not repentance. You know what repentance is, watch this. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking Yes, with regret for past sins, but live your life in a way 
that proves your repentance. So I can say, if I sin against Sheila, and I have, how many of you men have ever sinned against your wife? Let me see your hands. If you didn't raise your hand on this one, you, you, God just healed them. Healed them. <laughs> I could say I'm sorry to Sheila. Watch this. But if I say I'm sorry and I do not change my behavior, it means nothing. Especially after about the fourth time. And this is what a lot of honestly women deal with. They deal with men that say I'm sorry with their mouth but their mind and their heart never changes. And the way, what Jesus was saying is, back up there guys, just one second. Repent, change your mind, let your life prove your repentance. Next screen, please. Seek God's purpose for your life for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why do you need a kingdom mindset? Because if you don't change your thinking, let me say it a different way. If you always think how you've always thought, you'll always get what you've always. If you always think what you've always thought, you'll always get what you've always got. And so some people, watch this. The, 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 the most difficult thing sometimes in a marriage is to keep the fire, baby. Like you get married and then you kind of just, you know, you settle back. You have kids, it even gets harder. You have a career, it even gets harder. And all of a sudden we just, we set back and we just want things to go well without making much effort. And we forget, not just how we felt, but we forget what we wanted when we chose that person and the price we had to pay to get them. You can't imagine the price I had to pay to get her, man. I think in my mind, if I had to do all over again, Josh, I'm not sure I could pay that price, man. It was. It was eight and a half years of no, breaking up. I'm not sure you're the right one. There's gotta be somebody better than you stuff. And that was from her mother. And you think I'm joking, but I'm not. Her mother looked me right in the eye and she said, I think you're wonderful. She's the sweetest person. She's probably watching. <laughs> anyway. She, she goes, you're a wonderful, you're a wonderful young man. You love the Lord Jesus with all of your heart. And my goodness, look at you. You're big and you're, you're kind of successful, but handsome. She gave me all these compliments. And then she said, but. Now, I want to I just tell you all something about communication. If you're ever talking to somebody, no matter what they say, and but happens, Everything before but doesn't matter. It's like, hey man, I love you. Hey man, you're my friend. You are awesome. But just wipe everything they said away and know the hammer is coming. So she said, but she looked me right now and she said, you're just not good enough for my daughter. Now here's my point. Listen very carefully. What was my point? Anyway, my point is for all of us, I have to be willing to pay a price for what I want. And if it's not about the kingdom, the Bible says money takes wings like an eagle and flies away. It doesn't last. Very little generational wealth in the United States of America. You know why there's not generational wealth? Not because people haven't made a lot of money, but because they've done it all for their self and all for their family and they hadn't done it God's way and it goes away. Listen, it goes away. No matter how hard you work, no matter what you do. 
So a kingdom mindset, it's so important. So let's, let's take a look at, again, why we, we need a kingdom mindset. And I'm gonna do a quick review. And if you were here last week, just bear with me. I feel like this is very important. You need to have a kingdom mindset because your mindset determines your ideology. What is an ideology? It's a set of beliefs that, that, that we all have. It's the ideals that we have. It directs the goals in our life. We all have an ideology. So let me just say something about the United States of America. What we have today in the United States of America is we don't have Republicans and Democrats anymore. Y'all listen very carefully to me. We don't have conservative and liberal anymore. We don't have a black and a white issue anymore. By the way, I'm sorry to everybody that's not black and it's not white, you kind of get left out of the discussion. But the reality is everybody makes it about their, listen, they make it about their ideology. I said this last week, I, I wanna say it again. November 2016, President Barack Obama said this in one of his final messages to America. He said, the man that's coming after me is not an ideologue. He, he, he doesn't have an ideology. Here's what he said. He's a pragmatist. That's the first time in history. And Barack Obama said it. He said, for the first time in office, we will have a pragmatist running the country. Let me tell you two things about pragmatism. First of all, pragmatist is a biblical word and it's interpreted every time business is used in scripture, it means pragmatist. So let's further define it. I wanna look, because a lot of people, I got a lot of comments last week. What, what, is that, what do you mean a pragmatist? A pragmatist is a person who's got it more by practical consideration than ideals. Like a lot of people said, man, Trump, he's just a Republican, those Republicans. He's not a Republican. By the way, if you wanna vote for a Republican when it comes around to voting time, don't vote for Donald Trump because he ain't a Republican. And at some point, he will not represent you. Listen to me, he won't represent you. Uh, if, if you wanna vote Democrat, don't, don't vote for Donald Trump. But hey, if, if you are a Democrat, you'd be better off voting for Trump. You say, what do you mean? He was a Democrat most of his life. Contributed to Hillary Clinton's campaign. On and on I could go. He bought into, watch this, not being a Democrat and not being a, a Republican, but he bought into their ideology. It's way beyond Democrat and Republican. So I'm gonna talk about kingdom mindset and I want you to know what's going on in the world today. We don't have a Republican president. We don't, it's not a Republican against Democrat. It's not conservative against liberal. It's not black against white. Here's what it is. It's ideology. That's what's happening in our country. So in other words, it's a set of beliefs that govern your values and what you decide to do. Now, why is this so important that we have a kingdom mindset? Because you're gonna get caught up in it and think it's what it's not. So, here's the thing. We need to have a kingdom mindset because our mindset determines our ideology and then our ideology determines our narrative. Now, whether you want to admit it or not, there's a CNN narrative and there's a Fox narrative. Whether you want to admit it or not, there's a white narrative and there's a black narrative. Whether you want to admit it or not, there's a conservative narrative and there's a liberal narrative. Based on what? Not Republican and Democrat, based on ideology. A set of beliefs that turn into a narrative. What's a narrative? Look at this. 
a story that connects or explains a carefully selected set of supposedly, keyword, true events and experiences or the like intended to support a particular viewpoint or thesis. So what's this? Why do we need to have a kingdom mindset? If you don't have a kingdom mindset, you're, you have a mindset. Your mindset is going to determine your ideology. It's going to determine the narrative that you tell. Now watch this. This is the, this is the best part and this is the worst part. You need to have a kingdom mindset because your ideology determines the narrative. The narrative determines the story that you tell. So let me be redundant just for a second. Just bear with me. All stories you tell yourself have one thing in common. Your perspective. Just amen yourself. Every story you tell someone is a story you've told yourself. Now let's cut to the chase. All emotional pain that is chronic, that means ongoing. So how many of you, got, how many of you have had or still have some emotional pain in your life? Just be honest. Come on, we all do. I do. So we all do. Okay, watch this. But when it becomes chronic, in other words, when you can't fix it and when you get stuck, that's when it becomes chronic. Watch this. Here's why. It's a result of not actually what happened to us but the story that we tell ourselves about what happened to us. So some of you say, I forgive my ex. I forgive them. Forgiveness has not happened until you stop telling people what they did to you. So let's take that racially. Forgiveness doesn't happen if you got to keep telling somebody what they did to me. Let's take it any way you want it. Jesus died on a cross and he forgave us when we did not. Come on, how many of you know you have received a mercy from God that you did not deserve and he covered you? Now watch this. He, it doesn't matter what you do. And, and I'm going to tell you something. With God, he's the only one. But he doesn't care how many times you do it. He didn't care how many times you miss the mark. He didn't care if you serve him or not. He's going to love you no matter what. Come on, somebody say amen, all right? But watch this. Other people are, and you will create a very dysfunctional life. Two, two things. First of all, if you keep doing things that people have to keep forgiving you for. But secondly, if you don't forgive people. So... Chronic emotional pain is when we feel like we got to tell the story over and over and over. And some of my friends, with all due respect, even in ministry, feel like they got to tell the story over and over about what happened that's not happened anymore, happening anymore. And we got to have conversations about it. And we got to talk about it. Now, let me tell you, I don't want to talk about it. You know what I want to do? I want to hear your heart. And then I want to say to you as a brother and a sister, we are the people of the living God in Christ. There's neither Greek nor Jew. There's neither rich nor poor. There's neither, there's neither uh, male nor female. So let's get on with it. Let's, let's, let's decide, hey, you know what? God has at least given us the privilege to be in a country where we can at least fix some stuff if we decide to fix some stuff. Not saying it's going to be fixed overnight, but y'all can I just remind you of something? We're only 244 years old and I've lived 60 years of that. And a lot's happened. 
you don't believe me, drive down to Dallas and just look at the city. And remember, that was a field unused 200 years ago. A lot's happened. A lot of progress has happened. Doesn't mean that stuff still doesn't need to be fixed. But watch this. Stories are powerful and they're more powerful than what anybody could tell us because we choose to believe the stories that we tell ourselves. And therefore, out of the narratives and out of our own ideologies, we continue in emotional chronic pain because something that happened in our past and it's a story we keep telling. And you get stuck emotionally when you've limited yourself based on the stories others have told you or the stories you keep telling yourself. So I wrote this this week. Put it on the screen, guys. The stories we have been told by others, the stories we tell ourselves about others, and the stories we tell about ourselves and others are based on one of two things. Listen very carefully. They're based on a human perspective, which is our story, or a kingdom perspective, which is his story. So my friends, Spencer and Alicia are here. So I'm just, you know, you're sitting close and you're not on the front row because I never look at the front row, but you're on the second row. And besides, you're beautiful and you got my attention. Okay, here's the thing. If Spencer, in their marriage, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically because I have no idea, continues to tell a story to Alicia about what his father wasn't, and how his father was never there and how some of the ways that he is is because of his dad. If Spencer keeps telling Alicia, you know, he abused me, he beat me. If Spencer in his ideology of what a dad was supposed to be and the dad wasn't that, so now he has this narrative of, of how it, it is and it's become a story. And then Spencer just says, you know, I'm, I'm, and they're having a problem with his anger issues. Well, I'm this way because of my dad. At some point, she's going to go, Spencer, I love you. And I knew you had some daddy issues. But the truth is, Spencer, we're 10 years down the road and you keep talking about your dad. And you know what? I don't want our children to have your daddy issues. Now watch this. Spencer can't fix it. But if he'll get a kingdom mindset, here's the different narrative that becomes the story. You know, Alicia, how my dad was. He didn't love me. He beat me. He abused me. And you know what? I just want to tell you, not from my perspective, but from God's perspective, my dad is actually a gift to me because he's shown me how not to be. And so I'm going to be a better dad. And I'm gonna be a better husband than my, than my father was. That's the difference. I want you to get this. So every story that we tell, and I, want, I, want, I hope you all are hearing me. Every story you've told, every story you've ever told is either from your perspective, and it's not that your perspective doesn't matter, but you're just stuck in your story until you get his perspective. That's why you need a kingdom mindset. Everybody come on, play along, put your hand on your head. Say, God, help me now. Help me get a kingdom mindset. All right, let's talk about it. Here we go. 
I'm, I'm not going to take a long time because I'm freaking starving, y'all. I'm just telling you. Some, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been up a long time. I worked out this morning. Sheila, I've added the cellucizer to my workout. Lymphatic fluid is rolling early. Oh, anyway, then other things we won't talk about. But just put it on the screen, guys. Our story, his story. Human perspective, kingdom perspective. Watch this, here we go. Our story is always told from a human's perspective. It's until I get this word in me that all of a sudden, no matter what's happened to me in my life, Romans 8.28, all things work together for my good. To those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So all the good things, all the bad things, all the things that suck, biblical word, and all the things that I don't like, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it in a God perspective. Think about the life of Joseph. His family was going to kill him because they were so jealous of him. Then they sold him as a slave. You know, why don't y'all, hey, if y'all don't like me, go ahead and kill me. Don't sell me. Don't profit off your hate. He gets sold into slavery. He was in falsely accused, prison for 13 years. You know the story. And watch his, watch his God perspective. Watch. Here's what he said. When God used him to rescue his brothers later because he was so powerful. What y'all meant for evil. Come on. Y'all preach to me. What y'all meant for evil. God meant for good. Listen, he didn't have a better relationship with God than you. He had a better perspective. Okay, watch this. Next thing, pain perspective and gift perspective. Oh man, all right, here's the big question. How many of y'all been hurt by somebody? I ask it already, but let me ask you again. Let's go ahead and, go ahead and lift, that, lift that hurt up, lift that pain up, all right? So watch this. My dad, y'all, listen, my mom's probably watching, mom, I love you, and I, you know, I gotta tell some stuff because it helps people, because you know my heart. So I just talked to my mom for a minute. My dad didn't know God. He went to church. He was a good man, he was a cop. He didn't know God. My dad didn't know how to love me. He didn't know how to love me. So when I was young, I'm talking about real young, about 10 and 11, God showed me, Keith, you just love him. So some of y'all know this story, it's very, very telling again, just real quick. So he would take me to school in a squad car, this cop, and didn't take me to school every day, but every day he took me to school, this happened. I'd slide right over next to him, I'd put my arm around him. We're going to the school, he'd just be sitting there driving. We'd get in front of the school, I'd look him right in his ear. I said, Dad, I love you. Listen to me. My dad couldn't say it. He couldn't say, I love you. So I would say this to him. He'd be looking straight ahead. I'd go, Dad, repeat this after me. I'm 11 years old. Say, I, he would say, I love, love you. And that's the way I got told I love you. Then I would take his face and I would turn his face towards me. And his eyes were going like this. Just like, more, more like this. Oh, okay, okay. I go, look at me. He would look at me. 
I'm just a little kid. Dad, I love you. And I'd kiss him right on the lips. He'd shake his head and he'd go, okay, Keith, all right, okay, all right, okay. I want you to have a good day. I said, I'm going to have a great day, Dad. I want you to have a good day. I get out of the car. My friends would gather. This is true. Every day they saw my, squad, my dad's squad car coming because they wanted to see what was going to happen. They never say anything because I was head and shoulders taller than all of them. But they'd get up and go, hey, man. i go, hey. Well, one day my mother was giving me the business for that. She said, Keith Allen, that's my middle name, your father is a public servant. When you're in his squad car, you cannot slide right over next to him. You cannot put your hands all over him. She goes, it just, it just looks bad. It just, just looks bad. And one day she was just telling me that again. And I started crying. I said, Mom, I think God showed me something. She goes, what? I said, you know how dad didn't have a dad. She goes, yeah, I know. I said, he never had anybody to love him. He never had anybody to tell him he loved him. He never had a dad that hugged him. He never had a dad that kissed him. And I think what God told me, mom, now remember I'm 11. I said, I think what God told me is to love dad in a way that his dad never loved him. And my mother broke and she said, that's exactly what your father needs. That's exactly what he needs. Yes, do that. Do that. And that gave me permission. You know what it gave me permission to be? It gave me permission to be me and who God made me. I didn't go anywhere without holding my dad's hand. I didn't go anywhere without grabbing his arm. Until the day he died four years ago. Every time I'd see him, I'd kiss him. He was never comfortable with it ever when I got married he was crying he only cried twice in my life once when I got married and I think it was like oh he likes girls I don't I don't I don't I, don't, I honestly don't know I really don't know I, like when I kissed Sheila I just think you went oh oh good oh good anyway I don't know whatever thank you Chuck But watch this, my dad, my dad, Jason, was a gift to me. And you know why he was a gift to me? Because I didn't hold back being who I was because of my ideal of what he wasn't. I just decided I'm gonna be who I am. And guess what? We stood in this very church three months before he died and all my aunts and uncles were gathered around and my dad and my mom were there. And here's what they told me. All of them. You've been like a dad to us and you're our son and you're our nephew. But you've spoken into our life like a father. And my dad cried for the second time. That day was the last time he came to the church and I kissed him 
And here's what happened, because this is the way it always was. He's about to leave, and I said, wait, Dad. He just knew. He's like, I guess I, I guess, I saw him like, oh, okay. So he turns around, puts his hands behind his back like he always did, walked towards me with his head down. He was only 5'9", by the way. I'm 6'6". He walked up to me, and he got up to me and did what I always did. He went. (laughs) Closed his eyes, puckered up, and I said, here it comes, Dad. I just kissed him. Somebody for the first time caught the last time he was here that I kissed him. And I've got that on camera. Here's what I say to you. I don't know what, who's hurt you, what kind of pain you've had, but when you get a kingdom mindset, God says, you know what? That's a gift, because now you can know how to be a better parent. You can know how to be a better husband. You can know how to be a better mom. You can know how to be a better wife. Okay, I'm just about through. I've got a lot to go, but we'll come back next week. Is that all right? Y'all got to come back because you got to hear all this. All right. Our story is fear. His story is faith. You know what's happening in our world today? A lot of ideology mixed with fear. Listen. Uh, Sheila makes me carry this. I'm not going to mask shame right now, but I'm going to just tell you, do I think that that is going to keep me from getting COVID? No, but I'll keep it in my pocket to honor other people who might think that. Now, evidently, Dr. Fauci didn't think it when he sat at the baseball game right next to those two people with his mask pulled down with his hands like, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. Wait, wait. I'm not going to mask shame. Listen, here's what I'm trying to tell you. We live in a world today, listen, where there's a whole lot of narrative based on ideologies, based on stories that are being told because it's not from a kingdom mindset. All right, I'm gonna ask a real important question now. How many of you have some kind of sickness in your body? How many of you have had some kind of sickness? How many of you have had a heart attack? How many of you here have had, ever had any kind of physical problems? I'm gonna to count to three and I want you to stand. One, two, three. Now, yeah, ever, ever. Okay, I want you to look around and I wanna give you some good news. You're here. You're here. So go ahead and be seated for a minute. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. You can fear the rest of your life about that or you can say whatever comes down the pike, my God is bigger than that. And I'm not gonna live in fear. I'm gonna have wisdom. If I need to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. If I need to take medicine, I'll take medicine. If I need to get a test done, I'll get, so I'm not shaming anybody. I'm just telling you, don't allow it to move into a spirit of fear because we live in a world that's being governed by fear right now. Why do we need a kingdom mindset? One more, race, whoo, race. I've never understood it. Some of my black friends more recently than in the past have said, 
We don't like it when people say, I don't see color. Uh, Alvin, stand up. Alvin, is that Alvin right there? Alvin, stand up. This is Alvin. I just want to introduce him properly. This is Alvin, my black friend. <laughs> now, how stupid would it be for everywhere Alvin and I went, hi, this is Alvin. He's black. I don't know if you know he's black, but he is black as charcoal. <laughs> now, there's some people who aren't as black as you, Alvin, but you have got it. You have got it. And guess what? I'm not white. You know, my pants are white. Once you look at my hand, you know what this is? This is a beautiful peach top color. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you, Alvin, if you don't mind, don't introduce me as your big peachy friend. I just... <laughs> I would rather you not do that. This is how crazy it's gotten. When a white person says, I don't see color, it is a compliment to every black person. And yet some people want to make that an issue. Why? Because from an our story perspective, that matters. But I will tell you something. In Christ, there is neither Greek nor Jew. There is neither rich nor poor. There is neither male nor female. So Alvin, guess what? You are not my black friend. You are Alvin. This is the truth. You're one of the greatest people I've ever met. This is the truth. God's called you to be a king in his kingdom. This is the truth. I don't care what color your skin is. Listen, I don't buy a dog because it's white or black. I buy a dog because I like the dog. I'm going to tell you, when I look at people, when I look at you, I and Martin Luther King are on the same side of the race issue. It is not the color of your skin. It is your character. That's what I love about you, Alvin. And guess what? I don't have to say you're black. So there's been so much stuff, listen to me now, that is not from a kingdom perspective that's become an issue. So what is the kingdom perspective? And I close with this. Ryan, where are you? You got a thing called the G code. You know what the G code is? What is the G code? What's the G in code, Ryan? Well, I've just changed it. Because you're my friend and I'm your spiritual father. It's the God code. That's what it is. And that involves all greatness you could ever achieve. God and greatness go hand in hand. Man without God is not great. Man with God is great because he's God's son. So that's the real G code. So what is grace? It is race with a G. And you know what grace is? It's the power of God to do things God's way. And in this house and in this tribe, in Frisco, Texas, in the United States of America, God has given us an opportunity to live with a kingdom mindset so that we can have an open heaven over our life and not allow our issues to close off what God wants to do in our life. Because guess what? It's not about Keith Kraft's ideology. It's not about my politics. It's not about my race. It's not about my gender. 
It's about God created me and he's created me for a purpose and he's created you for a purpose and he's given you the opportunity to achieve all your dreams. The car you drove in today, listen, every material was made out of the earth that God formed. The greenback, the money, if you still carry money, I do. If you still carry money, it's made from a tree that God made. All the clothes that you got on are made from materials that God made. You don't have to serve God. You don't have to honor God with your finances. You don't even have to acknowledge that God made all the materials and from your, that your car is made of. You don't have to acknowledge that God made all the wood and all the components that your house are made of. You don't have to acknowledge God that he's the one that gave you breath and life. You don't have to acknowledge that he's the one that's given you power to get wealth. Why would he give you power to get wealth? Because he created this earth for you and you can leave him out of it if you want to, but he wants to include you in what he's doing in his earth, in his business, with his money for your life to have his blessing. Some of y'all have never been screamed at before. But I just got to tell you, I believe 100% everything he says that he has for us. Bow your heads with me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you love us so much. Thank you for your love. God, thank you that you showed me how to love my dad. (laughs) Thank you for giving me the privilege of loving him. God, you filled my life with so many other people that love me. You've given me great friends and a great wife and my children and now my grandchildren. So how would it mess up my life if I kept focusing on what my dad wasn't? I thank you, God, that I'm free. And I just pray that every person in this room would be free from any mindset that would cause them to focus more on their story than your story. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just for a second, if you say, Keith, I want to get my mind right. That's where it starts. I want to get my mind right. I want God to help me get my mind right. He'll help you get your heart right, but you say, I want to get my mind right. It just hasn't been right. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all these other things will be added into you. So if you, if you just say, my, my, my mind hadn't been right. My... <sighs> Repent, change your mind today. The kingdom of God is within your grasp, every good thing that God has for you. And if that's you, all over this place, I'm going to count to three. You say, my mind hadn't been right. I want to get my mind right. When I count to three, don't look around. See what anybody else is doing. This is between you and God. If you say, I want to get my life right, just slip up your hand on three. One, two, three. Come on, all over this place. Just slip it up. All over this place. All over this place. Come on. Anybody else? I want to get it right, okay? Put your hands down. Okay, y'all look at me just a second. I know we're, I know we're over. I promise I'm starving. I'm starving. I'm so hungry. But would everybody in this section right here, if you raised your hand or even if you didn't, if you said, hey, I just want to get my life right with God. If you raise your hand, I want you to stand up right this second. And I want you to stand up right this second. And I want you to come on those steps. And I want you to come down here with me right here. And while you come right here, I'm going to go to this section. 
And if you raised your hand or if you didn't, you said, I want to get my mind, I want to get my life right, I want you to stand up in this section and I want you to go to the aisles and I want you to walk down here. Just real quick, don't wait. Just, just come on. I love your jackets. In this section, same thing, just join me right here. If you raised your hand or if you didn't and you said, I just want to get my mind right, my life right, come on. Bring your children, bring your family, say, I want to get, I want to get right. Come on, just come on, come on, come on, come on. It's a good day to do it. Come on, just come on. In this section, same thing, just, just come on. Just stand up and come on, say, I want to get it right. Come on, you got some things you need to shift to get right? Just come on right now. Now I want y'all, I want y'all all to come this way. I want you all to come this way and I want you to join me down here and as they come, anybody in these sections that needs to join them, I want you to stand up and I want you to come right now. Just come on right now. Let's give all these people a gigantic hand. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. Come on, I want to get it right. Anybody else? I'm going to wait for you. You don't have to face them. Just face me. Just look at me. Just come join me right down here. Just come on a little bit closer. Just, just come on. I want to get it right. Come on. Y'all just jump in here. Don't be afraid. I won't bite you, I promise. Can I tell you, right now, is why we come to church. It's why we come to church. You know why? Because those seats represent where we've been. This represents where we're going. Everybody get that? I'm stepping out. I'm, this, is, this is a new, I tell you, you're gonna go to a different kind of kindergarten and you're gonna meet all new different people. I'm gonna take you places you thought you would never go. And the dreams that you thought were dead they go all the way back to when you were your son's age. Here's what God would say to you. Those dreams aren't dead. It's like he's going to take that grave and turn it into a garden. That's for you. That's for you. Now watch this. Why did I ask you about August? Because August is the eighth month. It means new beginnings. Today's the ninth. What does nine mean in scripture? It means finality. So here's a word for you, and now this is for everybody. Whatever it is that's needed to be over, is over in Jesus' name. It's coming to an end today. Nine in scripture is not just finality, but you had your son. How long did you carry him? Nine months? Isn't it amazing? Not eight months, not nine months. Why would God do that? Because he uses that to show us that nine is the number of fruitfulness so I speak over your life first but everybody here just lift up your hands for a second because I'm prophesying to you now I speak over your life that you're moving into your most fruitful times in your life some of you and I could go out and I could do that what I just did with her to everybody here but here's what I want to tell you some of you have been in a barren land you've been in like a desert and here's what God is saying I'm bringing water into your desert today. I'm bringing water into your desert. Now listen, I'm not gonna take you out of the desert. Listen, I'm gonna just bring water in your desert and you're gonna be amazed at what you thought would never grow is gonna grow. And what you call the desert is gonna become an oasis in the name of Jesus, all right? So, so let's pray together. Everybody, everybody pray this with me. Everybody pray this with me. Just put your hand on your heart. The reason I do that, let me tell you a funny story before I pray. So I met Tony Robbins for the first time at, uh, I can't remember Mark's last name. What was Mark's last name? Sheila, the guy that produced Survivor, the guy that produced 
Mark Burnett. I was at Mark Burnett's house. Tony Robbins is there. And we meet. And he comes up to me. He sticks his hand on my chest. I didn't know what he was doing. He goes, I'm putting my hand on your heart. Because when we talk, I want to feel what you're saying. Oh, that's the weirdest thing he's ever done in my life. But I embraced it. So I put my hand on his chest. And we held one another's breast as we spoke. Let's pray from our heart. Say this with me out loud, just everybody. You don't have to say it loudly, just say it out loud. Say, Lord, God. Stop right there, everybody. Look up here at me. God was called Lord God until Genesis 3. And the devil stood before Adam and Eve and said, did God really say? And he took Lord out. Today we're restoring Lord God in your life. You are my Lord. So say it with me again. Say, Lord God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for having a plan for my life that has never changed. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. Help me to have a kingdom mindset. To see life the way you see life. To see myself the way you see me see others the way you see them and God use me in my circles of influence to initiate this kingdom mindset and change the story change the narrative that all things work together for my good Jesus be Lord of my life from this day forward And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, give God, give yourself a big hand. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.